Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Save big money now on new siding from LP Smart Side at Menards. Update and beautify your home with your choice of 13 timeless colors of pre finished engineered siding. It's durable and includes a Sherwin-Williams factory finish paint warranty that means no painting for years to come. View our entire selection of siding from LP Smart Side today. And don't forget to check out our flyer on Menards.com for all the great deals happening now. Save big money at Menards. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. believe in vikings the march 8th edition we are mere days from free agency in fact by the next time we talk to you the vikings might have a new player or two um on wednesday of next week that's how close we are to the first piece of the puzzle which is free agency hitting the offseason tonight though we're going to talk about eric kendrick's uh eric kendrick's release he departs the team after eight seasons kind of try to predict who might be next because we know there will be more and just generalized offseason chatter that's what's on the agenda. Foremost, Bet Online remains your number one source for all of your sports betting this season. Everything from college basketball, pro basketball, UFC, MMA, baseball's right around the corner. You'll find the latest odds, team matchup information, player news, and game trends at Bet Online. With live betting options, free contests, and live scores for almost any sport or game imaginable. Bet Online is truly the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite leagues and events. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to join and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Make sure to use the promo code BLEAV to receive your rewards. BetOnline.ag, where the game starts. Welcome to March 8th. It is the four days before free agency begins. Legal tampering starts Monday and players can sign anywhere two days after that. And we've got our first um, shots fired moment of the offseason was Eric Kendricks was released Monday. Sadly, and so we're going to go through uh, a couple of these talking points, talk about who could be next uh, that we have, I'd say, four or five realistic candidates of players, veterans that could leave. And then maybe some stuff on free agency. I want to ask Sally what she thinks about Anthony Richardson. I want to get uh, by this time, Ron usually has a a draft guy um, that he's pretty good at prognosticating. I want to get him on that. And then if we have time, we'll probably talk for about 35 minutes. We'll talk about, it seems that finally Rogers is going to leave the Packers. And I can't believe we have some, some sense of firmness there, but first on Kendrick. So we were sitting here like a month ago, Sally, I looked you dead in the eye and said, you know, who's really going to be sad if they leave. And you're like, well, I'm kind of detached from most of them, but I love Eric Kendricks. And then bada bing, he's the first guy to leave. So I'll walk us through emotions there and then who you think might replace him. Well, I'm bummed, you know, I'm not um, totally, you know, caught off guard because obviously we knew that this was very possible. I was hoping for him, maybe there could be a restructure um, instead of just, you know, losing him. But um, 
to wake up to that news, first of all, I wasn't really expecting any cuts to happen that early necessarily. So to wake up to that news, was it two days ago now? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it was a bummer. And I definitely didn't think that it was going to start out with him. I guess I thought we'd have a little bit of the lesser known guys or, I mean, I guess that wouldn't really make sense because what would be the point in cutting them? But I kind of just thought it was going to happen more all at once not um this staggered so i'm i'm bummed like i said i mean eric's been my favorite player since like his second year and i just love um his leadership and um obviously his play up until you know this last season was a little drop off but him and his wife Allie, they just they do so much for the community and um yeah so it's a bummer to see them go and like I said, don't the Vikings know he has a baby on the way? Like he has to pay his bills somehow. Yeah. Maybe that's why they did it so that he can get a jump start on free agency. So. Maybe. I mean, they need health insurance. Come on. Yeah. Didn't yeah. think about that aspect. Uh, I mean, I'm, I'm joking mostly. But. I don't think yeah. that there's no, any more lovable Viking than Eric Kendricks from head to toe. I mean, whether it's just the way his, his aura, uh, his mm-hmm. actions, his play. Like, you know, almost quiet, but very loud on the field. Um, Everything about him since 2016 has been, uh, I mean, precisely what you want. And we've been blessed all the way back to, my goodness, 2007 to have back-to-back off-ball linebackers that are pretty damn good with Chad Greenway and Eric Kendricks. And so why um why do you think that they didn't necessarily try to restructure him? Uh, I have a... I'm my my little thesis on it is that Brian Flores uh, in the saddle now knows exactly what he wants from linebackers because that is his niche specifically and has been for 10 years. I think he probably looked at the roster and said, that ain't the kind of guy that I use usually. And they're like, okay, he's expensive anyway. And then they did the politically correct thing by releasing him kind of have his own day, get his own tributes. And then as Ron said, get a jump start to talk to anybody before the frenzy begins next Monday. Yeah, that all makes a lot of sense. So who is Brian Flores' type of linebacker? Uh, usually ultra-fast, ultra, ultra, fast, ultra aggressive, and, um, ex- I mean, able to blitz. I mean, able to work in pass coverage, too, because they're, they're so uh, blitz-happy. But, yeah, I would say lean, mean, and I guess probably more affordable than Kendrick. Well, I think the other part, um, like and I mentioned a few weeks ago, like Asamoah, I feel like, mm-hmm. is uh, – is, a Flores type of guy. He reminds me of a Jerome Baker who, who Flores had in Miami, that speed sideline to sideline guy, but he also likes, um, and this can go back to his, you know, Patriots days and stuff. He also likes to have a thumper in there in the middle. Uh, so like when playing a three, four, um, you kind of have to look at it with the two linebackers. Think back to when we had EJ Henderson and Greenway. Greenway was the guy who had the speed and EJ was that, in the middle, like never going to miss a tackle, going to be able to blitz, kind of like Dante Hightower in mm-hmm. uh, in New England. Um, and he had just a rotating bunch of guys in Miami that were like that. Um, I think Landon Roberts was a guy who he had who came from the Patriots. But um, so I think that'll be the kind of way it'll go, which is where, you know, as we get into free agency, like Tremaine Edmonds might be that type of guy, um, a big physical linebacker who can blitz. Now, Edmonds is kind of a freak in the sense that he has that speed as well. Um, he has that Asamoah speed, but also he's a veteran who's been in the league. He'll be five years into the league and he'll be 25 this year. So um, I think there's value to that. So, um, so yeah, Asamoah, Asamoah would be one. And then uh, 
you know, just a, a big guy. Jack Campbell out of Iowa is a guy that um, intrigues me in a Flores defense. Um, just again, sure, surefire tackler. When the Zimmer defense began to die, when it kind of entered hospice in 2020, and even before that, I'm firmly convinced that Eric Kendricks held everything together, especially when Daniil Hunter was hurt. Kendricks was... I mean, he wasn't gangbusters out of the gate in 2015, 2016, but he was decent. He was developing. But when he got to especially 2019, but 2018 towards the end of that season and the 2020 season, he was really phenomenal at the peak of his powers. And that's not just some Homer Vikings podcaster. He was excellent. Now, he did drop off a little bit in the last two years. I still think he could he can thrive somewhere. I mean, for God's sakes, he's only 31, so he can probably go for two or three more years. Uh, but yeah, I'll always remember his zenith, which was 2019, particularly that Cowboys game when he made that tackle, game-ending tackle on Ezekiel Elliott. And yeah, he'll he'll be missed. Um, I'll ask you, Ron. So if if we have any first-time listeners, they're probably tuning into the show for this reason, and they want to know who's next. Uh, I would say <laughs> that possible cap casualties would be Dalvin Cook, Adam Thielen, C.J. Ham, Jordan Hicks, and arguably Zadarius Smith. I personally don't think Harrison Smith is going anywhere. Ron, who who of those guys departs, and who goes first? You know, um, now I don't know if it's going to be a depart, but I think the next shoe to drop is Adam Thielen. Um, I think, and again, it's... It sucks that we're talking about these players who are fan favorites, who've been nothing but pillars of the community um, and a positive influence on and off the field. Uh, But when you get to the dollars that they're making, that's what happens at this time of year. So um, I guess it's good in the sense that we're not talking about cap casualties that are just, you know, we have overpaid guys who just suck, you know, like what Daniel Jones will be in a few years where you got to get off these contracts. Um, they're guys who are well-respected and they're just, you know, a little long in the tooth. Um, I think with Kendricks, I think he's more of the epitome of a four, three middle linebacker than a three, four. Um, so I think he'll go somewhere and he'll thrive, um, but just might not be a scheme fit. So I think Thielen is the next logical one to drop because of the, you know, you can't have him making $19 million um, going into this year. So um, now, you know, if it sounds like on all accounts, Harry's going to be back. So I don't know what they're working on um, contract wise, or if they're going to let him play it out because he is a Flores type guy. Um, and then the CJ Ham one is going to be interesting because while he's a good leader, you know, in the clubhouse you know good on when he's on the field we don't use a fullback a whole lot so is it worth like that seems like it's free money to eat to be able to free up there so um and i'll never advocate for you know players who are are good human beings um to lose their job but they obviously have to do something um we all know this um we've known it for years the can keeps getting kicked down um so now we're coming to it but uh i i trust the organization and the moves that they make rob brzezinski is the you know the best in the business when it comes to to making these type of decisions or not decisions but salary implications so we'll see what happens um but i think yeah to um to your guys point like the eric kendrick's one being the first i think it seems like they gave him ample time to one to get the recognition that he deserves for being a part of the team for so long, but also to be able to space it out so that it's not a list of here's eight guys that we're releasing and, you know, two of them 
like steal the headlines and then the rest are just like afterthoughts. I think they're giving everyone their uh, the respect that they rightfully deserve. Sally Ron says yeah. Adam Thielen, and then um, it's Dalvin Cook is possibly on the agenda, mainly because we have a general manager who, if he's analytics focused, probably won't endorse paying Dalvin Cook a huge salary in back-to-back seasons. That one, uh, I think, gets a little tough because of the surgery he had. Yeah. Because isn't mm-hmm. there verbiage in it where? So I think if Dalvin gets moved or cut, I think that would be closer to draft time um, yeah. because I think there is value. Um, because whatever the Vikings would have to take on of the salary, there's a team out there that wouldn't mind, you know, giving up a, you know, whether it's a fourth round pick or something for a Dalvin and cause you don't have to pay him the full amount. The Vikings are on the hook for some of that. So I think that'll, if they move him, that'll be something. I don't think it's just going to be an outright cut with him. Sally, who's next and who else on the list? Um, I have to say the reason I was laughing is I think Ron has brought up Daniel Jones like eight episodes in a row. <laughs> well, he's when he's in the news and when he when he makes more money uh, on an annual basis than he has career touchdown passes, then uh, um, you know it's gonna. <laughs> I, I mean, I, I, I'm just waiting for the news to drop that he's like the godson of Ed Donatel or something because that would just be the icing on the cake, like. <laughs> I mean, seriously, I mean, obviously he was mentioned on the two weeks that the Vikings played uh, the Giants, but I think he's came up every, every time, um, even when that wasn't the case. So that's why I was like, he is, well, weren't they trying to sign him and he was, he refused their offer. He wanted 45 million. Yeah. And they might franchise tag him now. I was reading. no, they met in the they oh, they didn't quite give him you, 45. He got 40 million per year. Yeah. Oh, wait, it's that's, done? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, year, oh my gosh. Four year 160 million or whatever. So that's oh. why that's why the joke is poignant today because it's yeah. it's in stone and it's <laughs> okay. uh it's a 40 million dollar Daniel Jones quarterback. Well, it was so newsworthy that I missed it. So sorry about that. Um <laughs> no, as far as who's gonna go, well, I thought that um the I thought that if they needed to wait until around June to cut Adam to save themselves some money. Yeah, they for both Dalvin and uh, Adam Thielen, the post June cut savings are more substantial. Um, but I, it's not really fair to those dudes to, you know, just uh, <laughs> true. Yeah, because then they don't really get a fair shot at free yeah. agency. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, I guess to you guys' point um, with Kendricks having his own moment, which I didn't consider before, but that makes a lot of sense. I think that they would obviously do the same for Adam if mm-hmm. if that were going to be the case. Um, I, I think that it's only a matter of time for him. At least that's, you know, hate to see him go, but that is a move that I hope that they make. Um, and with Dalvin too, I, I, I don't hope as much as I do with Adam, but I, I'd never really understood the cook, um, contract extension from the get go. I was never really a big fan of extending any running back that long, but, um, you know, we've talked about this, how they are in such an interesting situation, how just finishing 13 and three, and there's going to be such a shakeup, um, as far as these veterans go, I don't remember, ever a situation where they were making these choices with so many fan favorites ever. Um, so I don't know. I, I do think those are going, I think is a Darius is, um, is going to be an interesting one where they go with that. I guess, um, what are you guys' opinion on Flores and keeping Zadarius or not? I, I tend to keep him around. Yeah. I tend I to think, think 
Go ahead. I was gonna say I think that's the like the the perfect um like puzzle piece in his defense where his the flexibility of being an outside guy, being you know, being able to move him inside, um, and just his versatility in the three four um and that big body that can be moved all across the line. I think uh it's a huge um Flores type piece. So it's possible they might extend him to get some money off the books, or what do you think? No, I think his like there there's this misnomer. I think it's mainly because Zadarius was quieter than the first ten weeks when he looked like a defensive player of the year candidate. We tend to think, oh, he's possibly on his way out. But actually, he and Hunter's contracts are pretty damn friendly. Uh, they're like ranked like twenty fourth and twenty fifth per average annual value or average annual salary. So they're both uh, Hunter, especially, is criminally underpaid. He's only getting five million new new dollars this offseason. So I'm pretty damn sure he's going to get an extension. Zedarius is more interesting. I, I know his house went up for sale and all that um, because he did finish the season with a relative whimper, even though he still forced pressures. I, I still think he comes back because if not him, then you have to draft one or rely on an old Flores buddy from the Patriots or Dolphins. I would tend to think Zadarius comes back, but I'm not set in stone that that one will happen. I think the other part where, like you mentioned, the pressures that he had, um, when you kind of, now that we're farther enough removed away from the season, I think the pressures that Hunter and Smith got, it actually is more impressive considering how the back end of the defense played, like where there was, you know, guys running free and quarterbacks being able to sit back and make any single throw they want. So the fact that numbers wise, that you know, if we're talking analytics here, they you know, were one of the top pass rushing duos as far as outside of sacks, but getting pressure. So now if you just button up the coverage a little bit on the outside, maybe you see some more sacks um, out of those two guys. So um, we'll see um, where, where it happens, but uh, to your point, as far as like what, um, whether or not he's back or what kind of is being supplemented, um, I think a name to watch um, is Kyle Van Noy, um, a guy who, was with the Patriots when Flores was there, went to the Dolphins for a big deal. I know he's on the, I think, Chargers now, but that's a guy who you're not going to see just two outside linebackers or defensive ends on this team. There's going to be a rotation of players that, that are going to constantly be coming at you. So whether that's veterans or rookies coming in, there's uh, um, there are some guys, with whether Flores ties or his type of players that um, that will add into the mix. CJ Ham, that one is interesting to me um, because he's really, I don't think he's somebody you can target for a pay cut because he's not one of these guys that's already fetched a fat ass contract of $40 million a couple of years ago. Like, you know, he's on a fullback salary. So for him to take a pay cut seems a little bit insulting. Um, and he is valued as a locker room guy and special teams, but. No, nobody besides the 49ers use fullbacks anymore. And he was only uh, played 15% of Vikings offensive snaps. So, I guess I would tend to think Ham will be cut. And then on Dalvin Cook, the only reason this one is so fascinating, I understood it, it leading up to the 2020 season that they gave him a contract because Mike Zimmer wanted to run the ball. And I was like, all right, they're going to pay the guy who, you know, they want to showcase the money. But now you have the anti-Zimmer philosophy and you want to pass, pass, pass. So you're employing the fourth most expensive running back with the team that runs the ball the third least. And that's on top of having a money ball guy as your general manager 
and Moneyball guys tend to lean towards we don't pay running backs because no team with an expensive running back ever wins Super Bowls anymore. So I think something's got to give, but I do like the theory of possibly trading him rather than stomaching um, his cap hit. When we when we chat one week from now, we'll have two days of free agency under our belt. Sally, last year on day one of free agency, I believe they welcomed Harrison Phillips. And then we kind of mm-hmm. went on this hiatus for a week when people were like, are they done? And then they signed Zadarius Smith. So at this time next week, will we t- be talking about one or two new Vikings? Well, I hope two, honestly. Um, <laughs> well, for one, so we have more to talk about, right? Yeah. But <laughs> yeah, I hope two. I mean, I think we're losing um, so many familiar faces on this team. It would be nice to get a head start on who is going to be kind of taking their place. And um, yeah, I hope too. I mean, especially because we know there's draft situation, which I'm sure is going to change significantly. But um, you would like to see them make some moves now just to have some things answered and figured out. Ron, if you follow recent Vikings history, whether it's Rick Spielman or Quasi Dafamitsa, they usually make at least one moderately big signing whether it was michael pierce or dalvin tomlinson harrison phillips that we kind of have in zadaria smith last year we kind of have that credo to get at least one big name on a limited budget but here we are four days from free agency so the next four days should be stuffed to the gills with vikings news whether it's a cousins extension a Thielen release a cook something or other because the money's got to come from somewhere and that is required by march 15th so walk us through how many new guys you expect within the next week and how how quick is all this going to go down? I mean, I think, you know, Sally nailed it. I think two is the would be the good number. Um, now, again, we're talking potential starter type players. I'm not talking about like, you know, they go and they bring in a, a rotational yeah. six offensive lineman or something. Like those <laughs> are going to happen as well. Cause yeah, exactly. Cause you need those guys. You need everyone mm-hmm. to fill out their roster. But I think that, you know, again, every year we talk about it, where are we going to find money to, to sign someone every year? They seem to be able to find a way to sign someone. Um, so I think they will, you know, be in the mix. You now I don't know what that's going to be. Um, again, Tremaine Edmonds is the one that intrigues me the most because that I think is him alone. Again, nothing against Kendricks, um, but scheme wise and age wise, I guess like that instantly makes your defense better because of his ranginess, his size, his ability to blitz. Um, and again, just the youthfulness of being able to get a five-year NFL veteran who's going to be 25 years old um, yeah, so or cool. you know, 26 years old, like who's been an anchor of one of the best defenses in the league. I'm all for that. So I don't know if that's the route or if it's going to be a cornerback, but I think the splash will be on the defensive side um, because that's where the glaring holes are. <laughs> um, and I don't know if there's a, again, Deron Payne, I think he was franchised by the the commanders. So he's off, but I can see us bringing in a three, four um, true end, like a defensive tackle, a three technique, let's mm-hmm. say. Um, so that, you know, between Harrison Phillips and Dalvin, if Dalvin, Dalvin Tomlinson stays, um, you have more of just a beefier front and you're not rolling Jonathan Bullard and, you know, guys who played well, but they're rotational players. They're not starters. Um, so we'll see. Um, there's a lot of names out there um, that they know a hell of a lot better than me. But I think initially they'll probably sign one and then within the first couple of days get a second one as well. 
The most interesting part of the next four days is in the past three off seasons, we had a reasonable expectation that Kirk Cousins would be extended. And that move alone usually would free up cast space because they would put money at the back of the deal. However, right now we're kind of in this big mystery period where it can truly go either way, where they let it ride and Cousins swan song, at least on paper, would be 2023. So it's not an automatic like it felt in 2020. 2021 or 2022 that cousins would be extended and then boom there's 15 to 20 million dollars in cap space so if they don't extend him then that means the money is going to have to come from restructures whether it's brian o'neill moving money around cuts like we talked about so i'm telling you if you get obsessed with this stuff like we do uh the next 96 hours are going to be ultra exciting and like a puzzle coming together because right now they're underwater by 15.6 million dollars and that is not allowed uh, by next Wednesday. So something's got to give. All right, Sally, one of the, the big talkers this week, eh, last week and a half, um, was Anthony Richardson at the NFL Combine. Looked like an absolute specimen. And some believe he even talked himself all the way up to a number one overall pick in the draft. Uh, I want to ask you, if, if if the Vikings, let's say that they, they let it ride with Cousins, that 2023 is his final year. Would you, for Anthony Richardson or any of the guys, I guess Will Levis could be realistic at the sixth, seventh pick or something like that. Would you advocate a trade of this year's first, next year's first, and this year's third for Quazy and Kevin to go get their guy? Well, gosh, that would be a lot. Um, however, you know, now that I know for sure that um, Anthony Richardson is 5'10. It's been confirmed. <laughs> Bryce Young, you mean? What? Bryce Young, oh, you mean? I'm sorry. Yes, I'm sorry. I don't know why I said that. It's no, just, that's all right. It's I been repeated a it. hundred times, and I still just said it wrong. <laughs> I, probably actually a thousand times. I feel like every time I turn on the TV, that's what we're talking yep. about. Um, and supposedly he's never measured himself either. But anyway, <laughs> you know, I that would be a lot to give up, especially given um, the limited draft capital that they have right now. However, I really am curious to see, you know, Kevin O'Connell's take on a quarterback, especially given that he is a former quarterback. So if that is what um, he feels is necessary to get his guy, you know, and I, I trust them. Um, I think they, like I said, He's a former quarterback. He knows what he's looking for, and he knows what he wants his offense to look like. Um, I think it's probably a little more realistic that they wait till next year, um, just because you know the class is a little stronger. But um, yeah, I would support that, and I would actually be really excited to have um, hope in something new and exciting. When we began this show as a group, um, when Ron and Sally joined about. My goodness, over two years ago now, um, Sally's main beef, if I recall correctly, uh, with Rick Spielman was his inability to draft a quarterback at all. Um, and you've, the proof was in the point uh, in the pudding. Ponder, we struck out. Bridgewater had two good years and then got hurt and they didn't go back to him and then took a wild flyer on Mond, which was fun for six months. Didn't work out. And that is the biggest glowing problem with Vikings history is that. Uh, aside from Dante Culpepper for five and a half, six years, um, they've only had one one great draft at quarterback, and that was Fran Tarkenton. And the whole reason we debate Kirk Cousins is because of our inability to draft the right guy, even though we've tried uh, valiantly to no avail. 
So I uh, do want to say, yeah. though, I don't hold Teddy against him because he doesn't okay. have a crystal ball and can't su- see who's going to be injured. Right. Like same thing with like Sharif Floyd. We don't know yeah. how that would have ever turned out. So I, I don't hold that against him. But he also messed up in Miami. So, yeah, add that to the list. <laughs> I so, swap those two. <laughs> We have this steady, you know, bang of a drum to what well, it's going to happen, whether it's this offseason or next draft or maybe the draft after that, where Quazy and Kevin draft their guy. And we hope because we had 16 years of Spielman, we hope that the new guys get it right, because otherwise we're in extremely familiar territory. And five years from now, we'll be talking about just go find a free agent that we know is good because we keep fucking up this draft pick because that's what we did. That's how we got cousins. Ron, uh, do you think that the Vikings circle their guy this offseason at quarterback, whether it's first round, second, third, fourth, or will they they wait to put it all, push all the chips into the middle of the table next April? So I don't think they're the, everything that you hear from Quazy and even Kevin O'Connell, I don't think they're ever going to be at a time where they're pushing all their chips in when it's their backs are against the wall, a la Christian Ponder, where they had no quarterback on the roster. The lockout was coming. They needed to get a quarterback because Tavares wasn't under contract. They didn't have anyone else. So I understand like that reactionary nature of it, but I don't, I think Quazy is a lot more analytical and thought based in his, just in his overall processes. So I think they're doing all their due diligence as far as this draft class, as well as next year. um, And maybe even the the year after that. So I think um, you'll see them identify someone over the next couple of years as who that guy is. I don't know if it's this class or next. Um, now, personally, like I've said it, you know, since the middle of the college season, like CJ Stroud is the guy that I, I don't know why he's not the number one prospect. So if he gets jumped and is now the fourth prospect and he's the one who falls that if they go up and get him, I'm all for it because to me, he passes the eye test. He has that mobility of being able to um, not comparing anyone to Patrick Mahomes, but the mobility to escape and keep his eyes downfield. Um the my cautionary tales with Richardson and Will Levis, like Will Levis, yes, he played in the SEC, but in games against good competition, he did not look very good. Like whereas Kellen Mond had games against Alabama where he looked good, um, and I'm not saying that he's not going to develop into a good quarterback. Um, I'm not saying Richardson won't either, but. When I see a quarterback at Florida throw for 54% of his com- or completion percentage, Tim Tebow completed more passes than that at Florida. So while, yes, a raw prospect, he's got all the physical tools, but Joe Webb also had all the physical tools. And there's always, like, it, it's there, there's there's a middle ground. It's like Everyone wants to say, oh, he's the next pass from Mahomes or whatnot, or this guy's too small or whatever. Every player has their strengths and weaknesses. And if they, if Quazy and Kevin O'Connell identify any one of these guys that that's who they want, I'm all for it because they're the ones who are going to be teaching them um, or, you know, coaching them up the way that they need to, not us sitting here analyzing it. So whatever they decide, you know, as long as they have a plan, um, I'm all for. But, you know, just want the the cautionary tale on some of these prospects, like they are just that, they're prospects. It's weird if you there's a lot of Richardson believers, let me tell you. And if you mention the completion percentage, they just don't give a shit. They're just like, oh, no, it'll be fine in the NFL. It's like, really? Like, it's just going to get better. And I 
I like I said I love I love the idea of drafting him. Like the the dream scenario is he falls to twenty three and forces us to pick him. But uh, on a non sure thing, trading away the house. I mean, ultimately we'd all get behind it, you know, because it's hopes and dreams type of stuff. Well, that's the other part. Like if it's if it's about trading the house, like then wouldn't you rather just go and pay the money and two first round picks and get Lamar Jackson, like a guy who's proven to be good at this level, like where, when everything, whereas he had the exact opposite, you know, when he came into the league of all these other players, like he didn't shoot up the boards. Like they all, everyone Mm -hmm. wanted to keep pushing him down for whatever reason. And yet he still came was a unanimous MVP. Now I get the injury concerns are there. Um, I fully understand that, but um, like for a 26 year old guy, like if, if I'm, if I'm crazy and the options are trading two first round picks um, and a third for a rookie that you don't know, or trading two first round picks and salary and then unloading Kirk um, mm-hmm. and that salary, like essentially just moving the salary from one to another, I'll take the guy who's 26 year old that has 70% <laughs> since we want to talk about, or, you know, we always rip on the quarterback wins people like, or, you know, because wins are a team element, but there's a 70% quarterback um, you know, win percentage sitting out there. Like, I would be all for that. But uh, um, now, again, I'd rather keep the assets in, in a deep defensive line and cornerback class. Um, <laughs> try to try to snag some talent there. But, um, yeah, we'll see what happens. One thing to watch is if we are chilling here three weeks from now and there, there was no Kirk Cousins extension, then – on this show, we're going to talk about the quarterback class because you're going to have to have somebody. It doesn't have to be Levis or Richardson. It can be Hendon Hooker, Jaron Hall, Clayton Toon, because you can't go into the final season with Cousins and then have a roster nude of quarterbacks. Nick Mullins isn't going to be the guy that we all point to and be like, yeah. So it w- it'll be very fascinating in the sense if there's no Cousins extension, then we're going to start exploring every viable quarterback option because we're going to want them to take a flyer and hope that guy is better than Kellen Mond. Because that's, I mean, it's really spooky to think we could be on a podcast one year from now thinking, who's the quarterback? And, you know, we, we know with Cousins, the very worst that they're going to be is eight and nine. And so we're going to have like the 17th pick in the draft, 16th pick, and that's not going to be great territory for a quarterback. So I'm really, I'm curious as to who their mid-round quarterback would be if there is no Cousins extension. Now, if our phones buzz tomorrow morning and Cousins gets two-year extension, all of this is moot. But until we see that, it's uh, it's real. It's kind of purgatory for who's who's a succession plan. And why don't we finally in do that. this? Wait, hold on just a second. Why don't we finally do this? Sally's been asking for this since I've known her. Why can't we go draft our guy, let him marinate for a year, like the Packers always do, like the Chiefs always do? Like, how can you go wrong there? Like, I, I I don't understand why we were supposed to kind of do it with Mond. Of course, we screwed that up. Why wouldn't we? But we have this real precious opportunity where we know we have a, a top 15 quarterback in Kirk. And this is exactly what the Chiefs did. It's not going to be the next Mahomes, but it can be, you know, somebody who's the eighth best quarterback eventually in the league. I, I beg them to explore that. Yeah, and absolutely. Like they, they need to take a stab at some point they, or they need to have that plan in place even if it's something like say an extension for Kirk comes down um go and trade a mid-round pick and get Zach Wilson like you know someone who like just so you have some sort of young talented individual there that could potentially work out now I'm not saying you know Zach Wilson may very well just be this or this most recent version of Josh Rosen but uh like 
the guy was taken number two overall. He has talent. Um, like, or, you know, there's ability there. It just needs to be harnessed. And whether it's a mental thing or whether it's um, something else, um, there's draft capital does come into play at some point if everything else is working around them. So if they go and get Aaron Rodgers and they're looking to unload Zach Wilson, like even if Kirk's on a one-year deal, like draft the quarterback in the third round, whatever that is, bring in Zach Wilson just to see what you what he's got, what he can do, what getting outside of the New York market can do for him, getting some, you know, Eden Prairie Cougars out here and, um, and have at it. <laughs> the, and for anybody that would say, well, they tried that with Mond and failed. That was a singular pick by Rick Spielman that Mike Zimmer wanted nothing to do with. So if, you, right. if you're scarred by the Mond experiments, the idea would be collaboratively Kevin O'Connell and uh, uh, Crazy Alphamensis say, hey, it's round three. We're going to get Hendon Hooker. We're getting Clayton Toon in round four. Uh, it would be endorsed by the guy that's going to coach him rather than shunned by Zimmer, who said, why are you doing this? I'm not going to do anything with that guy. All right, Sally, let's talk about uh, we usually uh, this offseason. We, we can't not talk about Aaron Rodgers because uh, of his infusion of dramatics. So this is the first time ever that he has been granted permission to go talk to a different team in the NFL. And evidently it's either happened or will happen that the Jets people are flying to California to chat with them. It feels very real that he's going to be on the move. So if he lands with the Jets, do you wish him well? And, or is it, you, <laughs> it still gets on your nerves? Well, first things first, I did not realize until about three minutes ago that Aaron Rodgers profile picture is his foot. Um, <laughs> So is it the one where he showed his foot in the press conference? Yes, I did Still? not realize that oh, was boy. his profile picture. Um, look, I think I saw a really funny tweet this week, and it said, um, step one, go to the Jets. Step two, Vikings. Step three, rip off poor people. Uh, so it will be where real. Where's show your wiener in there? Where's that? In the bingo card? Uh, that wasn't on the list, but I guess that would go. That would be step the real step two. And don't forget that it was a flaccid yeah. uh, picture as well, which I, is a very important detail. <laughs> um, <laughs> Maniacal. It is just you know it's it's hard to you couldn't have dreamed it up that he was going to be so much like Favre for as much. Oh. Oh God, I know. As, for as much resentment as he had towards that guy, I wonder if he even thinks about the similarities or if, if he even realized what a hypocrisy, uh, the hypocrisy. But however, I mean, do I wish him well? Um, no, <laughs> I won't. I won't wish him well, but it will. I will be able to watch him um, without as much bias. I think I, I um, it will just be really entertaining to see what happens because I, while I do think he can take the the jets up a couple levels, I don't see him getting back to another super bowl or winning an MVP. And so just for the social experiment of how is he going to tarnish this locker room? Like what, what are the headlines going to be? Um, I, I would love to see it aside from him not being associated with, you know, our division rival anymore. The weird part here, Ron, is that for a trade, they're going to have to give up handsome assets. And how do you know it's going to be for longer than one year? Um, if if the Vikings weren't in that division and we loved some other team, I wouldn't want to give up like two firsts and a blah, blah, blah for a guy who's going right. to be 40 
that didn't play that great last year. So I'm I'm guessing that they want to get some sort of commitment from him in this little meeting that, Hey, we want two or three years. Can you do that? And hopefully he doesn't lie to them. Um, but Ron, would you, <laughs> it is so damn Farvian. I think those, I think the jets started six and oh that year, 2008, and then finished eight and eight because Favre played with like a broken or separated shoulder. And mm-hmm. yeah, it, it's, <clears throat> I was thinking about tweeting this earlier and then something sidetracked me <clears throat> the way this has been so parallel to Favre. It would be weird if he didn't join the Vikings in 2024 because it's the exact same script. Uh, so, yeah. Ron, Ron, take us off air with uh, <laughs> your, your th- uh, on the realism of Rogers going to the Jets and whether or not he's still public enemy number one for us. Well, I mean, it's kind of like the farm situation, at least for me. Like, well, yes, everything seems to be going the exact same way, but my disdain for Favre is be, like that happened fr- from youth like manifested mm-hmm. like I grew like literally like when I first introduced a football like it's Brett Favre and like you know so the hatred started to you know rise with that now with Rogers like I I think he's smug I hate him like or I hate watching him like how he is always throwing everyone else under the bus never takes any blame um like that type of the way he plays the game that way now he's a hell of a player uh you know obviously i think talent wise better than brett Favre ever was um but uh personalities wise him and Favre could not be more different Favre was very much that he is what you see in all the commercials well minus all the hustling people out of money and you know that type of stuff um and you know graduation ceremonies and whatnot but uh he Favre was always the you know Levi's you know trucker hat like just he was a country boy living out his life whereas Rogers is he's not saying Favre wasn't smart but he's he, he at least he's like Kyrie Irving in the sense that he thinks he's the smartest guy in the room every room that he walks in and he does that. He plays that game with the media. So if he goes to New York, that game's not going to work for him. Like the New York media is a different beast. Like you're not going to be able to have some of these smug answers that he has. Like with the, you know, God bless their souls, the 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 Green Bay Appleton media, that that crowd. Like it's not going to be the same. Um, and he, they're New York people that love him on paper, but I think. If, his, if that personality goes with them, they're going to turn on him pretty quickly. Like if things go south, they start off 6-0 and and they start faltering, they're, New York's going to kill him. Um, and I know he's a California kid, um, so whatever. He's hopefully more thick-skinned than that. But this is also a guy who needed to let the world know about his darkness retreat, you know, before he decided he was doing it, before he decided he was actually going there, right after he gets out. Like the whole step of the way, everything's about him. So um, while the other part is I could see him ending up with the Vikings because, again, we don't have a quarterback situation after next year. Yeah, the timing is very. Yeah, and then because of his smug ass, what – if there's a way that he could be like, I'm really going to stick it to the Packers. Like where I don't think Favre ever had that. Like, Oh, I'm like, I don't think that was a driving force of I'm going to go to the Vikings just to give a big middle finger to the Packers. Rogers would do that to give a middle finger to the Packers and to be like, I I can go play with Jefferson Hawkinson, you know, a good bookend tackles, like give me talent that you never gave me in green Bay and just light your ass up twice a year at the very least. So um, while if that happens, like 
obviously I'll get behind it because I'm a Vikings fan. Um, but, uh, I mean, as of now, keep him in that 50 million a lot far away from my team. Um, but you know, I think he'll end up on the jets because teams are drying up as far as, you know, potential of where he could and would go. Um, and Woody Johnson is the type where draft comp he'll, he'll buy, you know, by all means pay for it because look at what they did last year. They got the offensive and defense rookie of the year. Mm-hmm. So you really, they can afford to get rid of some draft picks because they have, uh, they've drafted pretty well over the past few years, minus quarterback. Yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll forever be puzzled as to why the Packers went with a longer guaranteed money deal last off season. If they knew they were starting to become disillusioned with his antics, uh, I guess maybe, maybe I own, I know that they finished eight and nine. And so it's easy for me to say, why'd you do that? But yeah, I'm with you. Uh, when you talked about, not taking accountability, whether he got tricky with the COVID vaccination words or, you know, blames wide receivers. I tell you what, like one of the, or the like biggest thing I've learned in adulthood as a man, especially recovering from alcoholism in the last 11 years is when you, when you, when you were wrong or, you know, you had a little white lie, it's, it's so much easier just to come out and be like, you got me. Oh God, I can't believe and apologize. And then you, you just feel like scum if you carry it on. And so I don't know why he doesn't have that. He hasn't realized that he Rogers and I were born like eight weeks apart. And I often wonder, um, it, it must be the ego part, but why you can't just say, Oh yeah, I shouldn't, I shouldn't have played word games with you or Hey, it's not all my receivers fault. I screwed up too. It's very, strange. even going to the, like in that playoff game where LaFleur elected to kick a field goal. Like that's not my decision. Like the way he said it, it's like, you could say like, coach made the call we went with it like but it's yeah. like it wasn't my call <laughs> like like the, it's just the way he says things like there's a hierarchy that yeah. he clearly feels like he's above yeah and you listen to him and you listen to the likes of tom brady and where at least you know they're not just you know unless his wife or you know his ex-wife might have been the one to say i can't throw and catch the ball um you know at this at the same time but he's the first one to say i could have put the ball in a better place who is the Jets coach? Robert Salah, the 49ers defensive coordinator from a couple years ago. Oh, okay. Well, do you think you think that he'll give him a um Aaron more control? <laughs> you think that's what he's negotiating is for roster um approval, right? Yeah, they're probably gonna give him what he wants because the Raiders are gonna be chirping um with the Devontae connection. So yeah, it's gonna be one of those things like, yeah, here you can do that. And plus, uh, Soleil is a defensive minded coach. It might, might kind of work out that Rogers can run the ship and the, on the Packers off. hiring Nathaniel. Hackett. Oh yeah. Yeah. That was you, huge. You don't hire him after his abysmal year, unless like the whole reason he went to Denver was because Denver thought that that would help him get Rogers. So, yeah. um, I mean, well, whatever. it is nice that they're not going to have the leverage that they would have had just because all of this has been so public. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, you know, if this would have been last year, they they probably could have gotten much more out of the deal. But everyone knows they're desperate to part ways. So, yeah. Yeah. If they look back, Packers front office, especially two years ago when he requested a trade on draft day. I remember I was driving to Cleveland for the right. draft. Oh, they could have yeah. got like. Oh my God, probably three first rounders at that Mm -hmm. time. And he was about to go continue his MVP run or no, go start his MVP run. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, but that's all hindsight. All right. So we'll be back in one week. We think Bryant will be back and we will have a very interesting show because by that time, 
the cap the cap has to be par so we're guaranteed to be discussing contracts that are restructured players that were cut and then if all of us are right one or two new free agents because that will be the official uh start date of free agency on the 15th all right gang next week same time yep we'll see you then all right take it easy bye have a good week you too have a good one For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done. 